1: Welcome to another Power Up Tuesday right here on TDN Radio. It is time once again to hit the pause button on all that is going on in the world and to get energized for another active and productive week right here on Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. a special good evening to you if you are joining us from dominica the caribbean and the rest of the world welcome to untapped potential with dr simone right here on tdn radio we have another power-packed program for you as we celebrate international women's day Um, as you may have been aware yesterday monday was international women's day so today we are continuing the celebration by celebrating the important role of women in leadership, whether it be leadership at work or leadership in our community or even leadership at home. So today we are celebrating the important wo- role of women in leadership. So again, welcome to the program. And of course, we are going to have a special guest joining us today. Her name is Miss Catherine Filbert-Lewis, Philbert and she is is a senior manager at con edison in new york so we are looking forward to having her on the show as we celebrate the role of women in leadership at work in our communities and at home so again let us take a minute to pause and to enjoy this special me time as we take some time to work on our own personal goals and our own personal aspirations because this is the time where we get to take some time to work on us. So again, welcome to the program and let's get the show on the road with this number from an up and coming artists out of Dominica by the name of abia so let's enjoy this number her new track entitled herbal tree as we welcome Miss Catherine filbert Lewis to the program and we remember to thank our sponsor by Dominica online for their sponsorship of this program so if you're looking for all your local Dominican supplies there is no need to wait for a shipment from Dominica you can now order online and have your deliveries made to your home in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. So remember, BuyDominicaOnline.com. So let's enjoy this number from a beer as we welcome Miss Catherine Filbert-Lewis to the program.
0: Sing praise to your From Babylon and misery So much bloodshed and war Now herb but we can't find a cure Man-made disaster Nowhere to run Just like the herb tree I'm planted in waters that never dry Yahweh, law is my guidance Yeshua, my light Though I walk through the valley with death so near I shall not fear and Baruch, Baruch, Baruch Atah Sing praise to Yahweh Never will be enslaved again Four hundred years prophecy will rise again Cause we fed up of this struggle, unkept promises Oppression by the hands of our brothers and sisters waters that never try, Yahweh. Lord is my guidance,
1: Yeshua,
0: my light, though I walk through the valley with death so near, I shall not fear, chance Baruch, Baruch, Baruch Gata, sing praise to Yahweh. blessed are they, who abstain from the system, Hustle hard and chant Babylon, righteous order, Yahshua leader i that every day I be a trod, so just, just love, and show love, and give love, and spread love. We can change the world.
1: Welcome to Untapped Potential.
2: Thank you for having me, Simone. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, certainly. So you are the Director of Emergency Preparedness at Consolidated Energy of New York, better known as Con Ed.
2: Mm -hmm. I am. um, So I've been with the company for close to 20 years, actually. So this particular role, I'm I'm in this particular role for about three years um it's it's interesting it certainly is not my background so that in itself is um something that's interesting and challenging for me um i've had a number of positions in the company so i started off in human resources which is my background actually um and then i worked in both field operations in customer ops and customer assistance and then i worked in emergency management at the time we were called um, and later on got promoted into the group and we rebranded and now we're known as emergency preparedness. Um, and I can mention before, I've been doing that for three years and yes, yes. it is Con Ed. We are the utility in New York city. Um, we do have other, there, there are other utilities in the wider New York state, but we are the one for um, New York city. And I know, I know if, <laughs> for people who live in New York, we've been in the news recently and not necessarily great. Um, but you know, we've had a lot of challenges, but it, it, it's, yeah, Con Ed is the utility there. Yes, and I want to
1: talk a lot about what you're doing at uh, Con Ed, and I'm certainly familiar with Con Ed because I lived in New York City for 10 years, so you guys took <laughs> a lot of my money. <laughs> we
2: are all the time. <laughs> all so the let's, time.
1: Just go, let's just go back a little bit and tell us what the transition was like for, for you moving from Dominica, which is where you're originally from, to New York. What was that transition like for you? So, initially,
2: I came up for school, and the plan was always to go home when I'm done. Uh, and I remember looking for jobs and uh, feeling our different uh, prospective positions and stuff like that, um, because I always wanted to go home, but I had zero intentions of staying here. Um, and then I had a number of jobs up here as I went to school. I worked at Sears for a number of years, and they had put me through their management training program and stuff like that. So, at some point, I started to think, hmm, I wonder if the opportunities that I have here would be the same when I, you know, I, I go home. So and that's the reality I think a lot of us face when we come up for studies. I think a lot of us want to go home, mm-hmm. but the reality is the opportunities that we would have up here, not that much when you compare them to back home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I, I just, I guess my, at that point, my career, I would say started taking off. I left Sears, I started work at Con Ed. Um, And I liked it and um, I had gotten married up here and gone through the process. So obviously I became a citizen So that part of you know, I think that's a big part when you come up here You always worry about do I stay up here and become a citizen or go back home and whatever, you know, because it makes it easier. It's a process. Mm -hmm. Um, so having gone through that, I think it staying up here just became the clearer option Mm -hmm. Um, I started Working at Con Ed, So I was building my career there. Most of my family had already migrated. So that made the decision even that much easier. Um, and then I just, I decided to stay. I was building my life. I had a kid um, and you know, it was just it's something that happened. I still go home as much as I can, right? I try to do that um my father was in dominica until two years ago when he passed away so i still oh, had to be there right. mm-hmm. i do have a sister that's there and then family members we still have cousins and aunts and stuff that are there but and uncles but the majority of my family like my mom my brother um a lot of my aunts and other cousins and stuff have migrated here so we we're all here um and it just became that this is where we are but mm-hmm. it's always you know at home Um, And like I said, we try to go home as much, try to go home as much as I can.
1: Yeah, I think you you hit on a very important point that for many of us, we were thinking of going back home. (laughs) But when you look at the opportunities here, and and, you know, the one thing I want people to know is that the transition to coming to this country is not an easy one. And I'm not sure if you had that experience, but one of the first things I actually had to work on was simply changing the way I spoke.
2: Oh, that was! A I big did guess.
1: not realize how much slang we use in Dominica.
2: Right. So it's interesting you say that because when people now listen to not and not just me friends that I have that are from Dominica and stuff like that, oh, it's like, oh, you are yanking or you putting on an accent, but it's really not that. It's a matter of survival, because honestly, a lot of times people would say, "What did you say?" Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did not understand the words that we were using because we were talking as if we were in Dominica. Mm-hmm. So you have to adjust. You have to adjust to so where people can understand you. That was just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, we use a lot of slang, which in a professional setting, you're not able to do that. What mm-hmm. people don't understand or they can't identify. So you have to do that. You have to make that adjustment. I mean, and it's minor in the grand scheme of things. When you talk about challenges, you know, going through the process to, to live up here, mm-hmm. but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much. Um, having to change your accent or, you know, stuff like that. You have to adjust so Mm -hmm. that you can fit in, so to speak, and people can understand you. Yeah, you have to
1: get used to to adjusting because can you imagine just a simple thing as my name was an issue? Because in Dominica, we say Simone. Right. In America, they say Simone. Exactly. So I was constantly having to say what my name is. And then eventually I say, you know what? I'm just gonna say Simone because <laughs> it's too hard That's to what keep they tell telling people my name right. is Simone. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Certainly. So, sp- and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So, speaking about challenges, um, what were some of the challenges you would say you faced while you were rising at uh, Con Edison?
2: So, I mean, one being from the Caribbean, right? So that in itself, I, you know, I mentioned that all the time. People looking, looking at you like are you really qualified to be there right and 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 who is this person who's not american female black um in the role that she's in so it's not so much i I mean I, i won't say that there was a lot of adversity i when i i worked in the company i was fortunate to have a lot of people that supported me right from the beginning along the way and you know helping me navigate and stuff like that but it's hard work It's hard work. I think the biggest challenge is setting yourself apart from the other great workers that the company has. So Con Ed has over 10,000 employees. Mm -hmm. And how do you stand out in the 10,000 employees to move up through the ranks? It's not an easy thing. Um, You have to make sure that you're visible. You have to make sure that you're networking adequately. You have to make sure that you have the right sponsors and people that support you. And that you're showing that you can do the work. and, and all of these things put together in itself is a challenge, but you have to be up for it. You, you really have to be up for it to do it. And I, I think setting yourself apart is a huge thing. It, it, it is. And understanding the culture that you're working in, it's not the same as being home. It's a different culture up here altogether. It's, it's just so vast and so different. That I am
1: so happy you mentioned that because one of the things that I found most challenging when I started working here is how openly Americans talk about their personal lives. yes Yes. at home we never talk about our personal lives at home that was the strangest thing and then it makes you feel isolated because you're not as willing to share your personal life on the job but everybody else is expecting you to
2: i was just going to say in their minds it's networking so when people talk about Networking—it's being at the after-work social events and having those conversations, or meeting someone in the hallway and being willing to talk about your son, your kids, your home life, and and all these things were foreign to me because it's like you come to work, you focus on the work, you yeah. do that at the lead. But no, a big part of it up here is bringing who you are forward to the job, and whether you choose to be 100% authentic, because you're obviously not going to tell them everything that's going on in your life, but they expect you to share part of that, and that's how people figure out they get to know you. That's what makes you seem human, so to speak, to other people. So if, that's how you connect. That's, that's one of the ways that they, people connect up here is doing just that. that. That was not, we, back home, it's not part of our culture to do that at all. Mm-hmm. It's not. So that was a big challenge for me. And then just naturally, I'm an introvert. So me too. It's come, let me do my job, leave me alone, right? But it's like you make the extra effort. To be among people that you're not necessarily accustomed to or comfortable with, but you have to force yourself to have the conversations and put yourself out there and be in the uncomfortable space and do the networking, it's a huge part of success. I, I think out of the biggest lessons that I've learned throughout the years is being able to do that successfully. If people don't know who you are, you're not getting promoted. You're not being recognized. People have to know who
1: you are. And yeah, part and of it, that and is- and, and it seems it seems a little bit unfair because you could be a star performer. Right. And if right. the right people do not know who you are because you're not willing to have those conversations, you're not willing to put yourself out there, you will be bypassed. Exactly. You will. You absolutely will.
2: You absolutely will. I remember prior to this job, I had a, um, a boss and he did it so successful. I mean, I to admire. he would turn every opportunity into a networking. So whether we were doing a business meeting, he found time at the end to have those conversations. He did it. He was just brilliant about doing it. And then I remember saying to him, like, how do you work this? Like, how do you do it? And surprisingly, he was an introvert, but he says it was a conscious decision. You have to do it. And he recognized early on, if you don't make that a part of your business interactions, just be prepared to stay at the level that you are. When, when people's names come up in discussions for promotions and different things like that, it's because people know you. They know you on the work level and your work has to speak for itself, but people have to be able to say something personal about you that they know um, in order for you to be able to, brought into the, to be brought into the fold. It,
1: yeah. They have to, Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with us. And now if you're just joining us, we're speaking to Ms. Catherine Filbert-Lewis, uh, and you're in Long Island, right?
2: I am in Long Island.
1: Yes, was in Long Island. She is the Director of Emergency Preparedness at Con Edison. And we're super, super proud of her because she is of Dominican heritage. She was actually born in Dominica. We went to the Convent High School together. Yeah. I know I brought on a, a few people from Convent High School. So forgive me. These are the folks I know. So <laughs> if anybody knows anybody else from another school, we'd be happy to have them as well. So we're just talking about the differences of working in Dominica versus working up here in the U.S. and what it takes to be successful, the adversity you will face up here, but what it takes to be successful in the American climate in terms of work. Now, Kathy, don't get me started on office politics. (laughs) Did you face any challenges with that? That is huge. Oh my
2: God, it's huge. I remember... Someone saying directly to me, you have to be very cognizant of your office, the office politics. Just like that. Those were the exact words. Who knows who, right? Who is close to, whose family, who hangs out on the weekend. Um, You have to. you, You have to be in tune to that for a couple of reasons, right? So you know who you're having certain discussions with. Um, obviously. And then if it helps to, you know, in case you want to make a connection with somebody else, you can do that through, you know, someone that's a mutual connection. But the last thing that you want to do is to say something that um, may prevent you from moving ahead, right? For instance, if you don't like a particular way, maybe somebody handled um, a situation, you may be correct, but it's a matter of who you tell and how you tell it. And, and how does that word get back? So, oh yeah, it is. It, it, it is, And I think I've worked a couple of companies here and it's all the same. So it's not unique, I think, to any one industry or corporation. It's just part of business. Um, and it pays. It pays to be aware of your social, of
1: your workplace. Uh, politics it does it, yeah and, and then you know we have to get beyond that yeah. whole thing about well this is who I am and if they don't like it they can they can leave it because especially for people like you and me who are natural introverts it mm-hmm. is especially difficult to have that constant interaction and building relationships it's just not natural for us we want to keep it's our heads not down not. we want to do a good job <laughs> and we want to go home right right it's draining actually It's yes, draining. It is. Like,
2: I, I, I remember working their days where it's like you almost want to come home and just shut down because you've exhausted so much of yourself in the office doing work and stuff like that it's exhausting it's not natural so it's an extra put on for people who are introverts it really is Um, but you have to you I, I can't stress how much that sitting in the corner putting your head down is not if that's what you want to do and you're comfortable with saying all right this is my position and I'm good there then all well and good but if you have aspirations to do more you do have to put yourself out there, and you, you you will be in the uncomfortable position of having to network and having to raise your head and have the conversations and network and do all these things. You you so, have to. And so I, essentially, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. And I remember. I think you know as you do it, it gets easier. easier. I think you need to man, You you learn how to manage being in the situations where you're not 100% comfortable. It's not that at the end, you're not still going to be exhausted after you've drained all your, you know, your energy, but you learn to navigate those better. You learn how to step away from conversations that you may not particularly want to have and maybe navigate to another group who's having a different conversation. Or you learn yourself to steer the the, the conversation in the way that you want it, right? So mm-hmm. if you're more comfortable about talking, a football because your son plays football, then it's easy to bring that up, and then right away you know you have a conversation you're comfortable with, and then the other people engaging also are comfortable. So you you kind of learn to do these things along the way, but in the beginning it's not it's not easy.
1: Yeah, I like that idea, and that is actually something I used a lot when I worked um, nine to five. Now you mentioned your son, so while you were doing all this earning your bachelor's, your master's degree, ascending at Con Edison, you also had a young son. So what was that experience <laughs> like for you?
2: So that was hard. And I mean, thankfully, and I say that all the time, I think I owe my success, my success to my family. I mm. could not have done it without the support system. Um, my aunt, very early on, before my mom moved here, my aunt was up here, she left her job to take care of my son. She did. She, did. she absolutely did. And she took care of my son I, until he was ready to go to pre-K. Um, so I didn't have to, because a big concern for me was how am I supposed to go to work? And you hear ho- all the horror stories of people taking care of kids and what they go through and the abuse and so many different things. Um, and you worry about that, right? You, you not, I, I worried about it. Um, so very early on, you know, when my son was born, she said she would do it. Um, and we were fortunate at the time I was still married. So we were fortunate at the time to have her do that for us. And that absolutely helped me to be able to concentrate on work and school and finish off my degrees and do better. And then once my son was older and in school, my mom ended up moving up here. So I had her available to help me pick my son up from school. Or if there was something going on at the school where I couldn't get to it, she would step in. So I owe everything to them. Without a support system, I don't think that I could have been able to to do it. Um, I often think back of so many things like, wow, if they weren't there, like I wouldn't have been able to do X, Y, Z. you have, to, you have to have that support system, especially as a single parent, quote unquote, you, you need it. There's no way that you can do it alone. Con is a company that we respond to emergencies, right? So we provide electricity and we, we respond to them. So when there's a storm event or anything that affects the electricity, we have to work. So when there's six inches to 12 inches of snow on the ground and the mayor is saying stay home, I have to go into work because yes. my company is responding to outages. And I would not have been able to do that had it not been for my mom. I remember when it was, um, the, the hurricane we had in October of 2012. Mm-hmm. And I Sandy, Superstorm Sandy. And I remember a tree had just fallen, almost didn't miss my house, but rescript the house. And I remember looking at it and like leaving to go and get in my car to get to work and thinking, all right, when I get back, I'll deal with it. Wow. But my son was home and my mom was home, but I had to get to work. 2018 when we had the Riley Quinn sn- snowstorms and you could hardly move i had to jump and get to work so it's just part of my reality it's what i signed up for but thankfully my mom was there to step in to help me with that otherwise i don't i honestly don't know what i would have done i definitely yeah. wouldn't be as far as i am and i couldn't have done this this job for sure
1: and you know. i can identify with you because you know i work from home i teach online and even with that Kathy i needed my mother my mom pretty much came down here for the first maybe, well, before Sophia was even born, and she stayed eight months. And she's been coming down every year since then because I needed the support. I mean, between yeah. she yeah. and then the emotional support from my in laws. I mean, you just need that guidance because they hand you this newborn baby in the hospital and you're thinking to myself, okay, what am I supposed to do with this human being? And you want to make the right decisions and the right choices. So having, you know, our aunts and our moms and and anybody else who can help is certainly very valuable.
2: It is. It absolutely is.
1: Yeah. It's, It's a huge part of it. So now it seems like you've had several roles at Con Edison and mm-hmm. they all seem to be different. So how did you <laughs> navigate that? How did you go from one role to the next? Did you at some point have to kind of like fake it to be able to make it?
0: So,
2: he, when I, so my background is in human resources and, and I, so I have my degree in labor relations. So I did that for a number of years in the company. So we were, when we were talking career development, part of what I had said to my manager was, How do I provide support to groups where I don't even know what work they do? So I said to her, I think I need to go out to the field and work in the organization and then come back in HR. That was always the plan. So the first group I ended up doing that with, I ended up getting a position, and you go through the normal process, you apply and you interview and stuff like that, at that level. And I ended up getting a, a job in field operations, which are the meter readers and collections and the people who go out in the field. And talk about, difficult i mean i had never worked in the field before so i have field guys and ladies reporting to me um, as part of my team the work i had never done i did not Mm -hmm. understand the business um that i think was probably my most challenging job because it was the first that was not part of what i had done in school so Mm -hmm. there was nothing to reference because i hadn't done that work um so i i really had to and not so much about faking it till you make it i think you have to find a way. So my my process there was relying on the people who worked with me as part of my team. They knew the work and having to humble myself and understand that, all right, you 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 have to learn from these people. And that's, that's what I did. And I ended up working there for
1: like a year and a half. But can, um, I, but can I interrupt mm-hmm. you just one minute, Kathy? Because I'm yes. thinking to myself, here you have people in the field. So I'm thinking of myself as the person in the field. Mm-hmm. And you're coming in. And you are less experienced than me, <laughs> but you're supervising me, Kathy. I don't really think I would appreciate you. So, how did that, how did you navigate that?
2: So, there was a lot of that, and there is a lot of that. So, one thing, is, so let me, I'll say that point and then I'll go back to the question. So, one thing that I've noticed in the corporate world up here is that there's a lot of that because generally when you put people in, in positions of leadership, you're not looking necessarily for them to do the work. You're looking for them to direct and or manage the work. Um, and typically if you find someone who's good with people and being able to manage people and develop relationships and high emo- emotional intelligence, they can work with the people to get the job done. So essentially, you're really just managing that whole process. Mm-hmm. So of course, yes, when I got to the field, that was huge. You know, who is this young girl? And at the time I was younger, mm-hmm. coming in to tell us how to do our work. She's never worked in the field. She's never worked in customer ops. She knows nothing about our business. But, you know, you, you have to be humble in situations like that. And it's really, I worked long and hard to, le- to develop my relationships there with the people. And that's the only way that I got through. So you learn who you can trust and you learn who you cannot trust. And then you learn who the key people are and who you need to depend on to get the work done and what your key um, directives are or objectives are that you need to accomplish. And then you work on that. Um, There were times where I was fooled or led down the wrong path, but then you learn quickly and you pick up, right? And then you kind of know now, okay, you don't go to this person or you can't trust that network to give you the right information. But you you figure that out. You figure it out. And then once you have your, once I had my key people that I knew who I could rely on to get the work done, then it was fine. They didn't, they, they didn't bring me there to do the work. They wanted me to accomplish goals and objectives and meet certain key performance indicators. Um, and that's what I worked to do. We had the people doing the actual work. It was just me being able to connect with them. So the, my, my lack of experience in their world was less of an issue because they saw that my concern was, in, with a number of a couple of things, right? Helping them to do their jobs better and as an organization, making sure that we reach our goals. So after some time, you know you kind of get to that point, but it's it's a lot of work to build trust um, and to get people's buy-in to 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 accept you in a position leading them when you don't know what they do.
1: Yeah, so thank you yeah. for providing that valuable information because I think many times we assume that in order to advance in certain departments, you have to know the department inside and out. So the information you're providing is valuable to us. So again, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking to Miss Catherine uh, Philbert Lewis out in Long Island, New York, and she's telling us wonderful information of how to simply navigate corporate America if you're looking to advance. If you're not looking to, to advance and you're happy with where you are, then that's great. But Mm. if you're looking to advance beyond the position you are, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm Kathy. it's really about networking. It's really about being able to put yourself out there and having a plan for yourself on the job.
2: Right. And don't forget that I don't want to discount um, working hard. You Mm -hmm. have to, you have to to, provide provide results so it doesn't matter how much networking you do and how good you know your circle is if you're a poor performer and you don't produce results people are not going to take a second look it's hard work it's hard work you have to make sure that you're achieving goals and you're adding to the bottom line because essentially that's what they're bringing you there for Mm -hmm. um but yeah a big part of it is doing that i remember um i had said to a group of people so when i worked in human resources our role was in a support role. So we're supporting different organizations and operational groups. So a lot of people that I work with these days, I supported them as the HR rep. And a lot of these people, one of them actually is actually is, we was named new CEO. So I met these people very early on in, the car- in their careers, but I had no clue that it worked that way, right? I mean, n- not that I haven't done okay, but I'm just saying, had I known what I know now, I would have networked differently with these people who are now in positions to help me advance. I mean, now you can make, make that up and stuff like that, make up the time. But back then, so many of the people that I supported and helped when they were general managers or, you know, just banned one or two managers, a lot of them now are VPs and, you know, senior executives and stuff. And you kind of go like, wow. So I say all that to say, it's never too early to start the networking process. And you never know who you're meeting along the way. So you treat everyone as if they can be a resource for you at some point, because you just don't know who you're having. in, especially when you have the larger corporations where people move up in certain ways, you have to treat everybody as if, okay, at some point, I may have a different interaction with that person. What are they going to remember about me and my interaction with them?
1: Yeah. So thank you for being so honest with us in terms of you would have potentially, um, network it differently. Now, would you say we're at somewhat of a disadvantage? Because, you know, a lot of us come from the Caribbean. We have no one who's been in corporate America before us. So would you say we're at a little bit of a disadvantage? Because pretty much everything you know, you learned on your own or you Mm -hmm. learned through a manager. So does that put us at a disadvantage?
2: Yeah, it does. Of course it does. And that's why it's important to reach back. People always Mm -hmm. talk about once you have the knowledge and you have the experience, it's important to share that. So at Con Ed, there's a group of us from Dominica who network and keep in touch. Yeah. So we met each other after Hurricane Maria, actually. So none of us knew each other prior to that. And we somehow got connected after Hurricane Maria. We tried to do a, a few things and we stayed in touch after that. So we together we talk about stuff like that like how do you send back that knowledge how do you help people going forward um to know like okay these are the things you have to even from school when you come up to school nobody tells you the realities of that everybody thinks you come to america to go to school and it's great you know nobody Mm -hmm. will say to you your 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 payment your loan payments may be late from the bank and the school's gonna you know will harass you for it Or they may not allow you to go to school because they haven't received your payment yet if you're on some form of scholarship from the government or whatever the case it is People don't tell you that or you might need to find somewhere else to live because you know, you're you welcome Maybe run out where are you know stuff like that. I mean, these are the realities right and not everybody goes through the same things But these are the things we discuss all the time So it's important to be able to say to the other folks coming up like what to expect and to share that I, I, And I always do that as much as I can um, if it makes it easier for the next person coming up then by all means Um, but you, you have to do that. You always have to reach back and help others that are coming.
1: Yeah. And thank you for that because, um, certainly it puts us at at an advantage when someone like you who've learned all the information that you now know can reach back and tell us for anyone who's thinking of coming to america or who's here already but but who's not familiar with corporate america what to expect what you should do what you shouldn't do and the opportunities that are available to you now speak to us as a woman in corporate america what have your experiences been good bad ugly wonderful
2: uh-huh. So not horrible. Um, so obviously my first job in the field, like I mentioned to you, I was younger and, you know, and so you kind of, and, and I worked with people that probably were my age. So you have to establish yourself very early on as somebody who says, all right, I'm here to do a job and we'll respect each other. And that's all it it, it is um i know there are a lot of horror stories in corporate america i've heard them fortunately for me i i haven't been through that Good. so i can't speak to that but i'm well aware um i'm very well aware of some of the harassments and different things that female um employees face in the workplace what i will say is so it's a and and that's not always the case because it's unfair to say that how you establish yourself is how people will approach you because we know that's not true the people who don't realize boundaries at all and they'll do whatever they want to do anyway but i think a big part of it is really establishing as a person like i'm here to work and this is my commitment and that's what it is and addressing people very early on if somebody addresses you in a way that's inappropriate you address that right on and you kind of you know, say, I'm, I'm not appreciative of that, or this has crossed the boundary going forward, let's not do that, or something along those lines. I've had to have difficult conversations like that about other employees. So as, as a manager in a group, if somebody tells you, hey, this person made an inappropriate comment or, or had an inappropriate contact, you have to address that. Um, Fortunately, too, at the company where I am, we have a lot of avenues to do that. So we ha- it's now the DNI office, formerly EEO office, that people can go to. We have an ombudsman. Um, there are various other you know, ways that you can make a complaint if you th- feel you're not being heard. But um, certainly it's a reality um i think not, not only with harassment and stuff like that but as women it's you you have to prove yourself more for whatever reason the statistics are there women get paid less and women get promoted as, at a slower rate so it's all of these things that you constantly have in the back of your mind that you still have to do everything twice as better um or twice as much as a male would do it in order to get the recognition so it's not just about harassment but just the recognition that as a female, you you do you have to keep on going and working twice as hard. It's that's just um, the reality of it. The statistics, statistics prove it, and that's part of what we you know we go through.
1: Well, well, I'm happy to hear that for the most part it's been a good experience for you, mm-hmm. and you've, you you don't have any difficult, especially difficult stories to share. So I'm really happy to hear that. But I think one of the concerns for me when I did work in um, a nine to five corporate job was one of the reasons I didn't care to. Um, socialize outside of the job was because I always felt like there would be blurred lines you know you go out the people want to go have drinks and then people get a couple of drinks into them and mm-hmm. then the conversation changes and now you're talking about something completely inappropriate and then you have to go back to the office so <laughs> I just was not, not that's one was socializing it outside of work
2: it is, but it's so, it's interesting that you say that. So at the company where I am, there are so many husbands and wives in, the, in, the, in, in at Con Ed, and a lot of them met their spouse at work. So, yes. I don't know how I feel um, about that. <laughs> it's part of the, the culture here. It's not something that's frowned upon. So if somebody understands that you're dating, as long as the person does a report to you or is in your line of, um, where you have Amanda. a delegation, right, mm-hmm. that, that, that's okay. But yes, a lot of people have met spouses at work and they're dating and, and it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's part of the culture, people do that. Um, I think we've had incidents too where people go out for casual drinks and then the conversation turns and then the next day somebody's filing a formal complaint. Yes. So you have, we've had that, we've absolutely had that. So you still have to, I always say, you never get too comfortable, even in a social setting. You have to remember that these are people that you work with and there's some level of professionalism that you need to maintain it doesn't matter whether you are at a bar doesn't matter whether you are at somebody's house at a barbecue just you always have to remember that these are ultimately your co-workers and the next day you have to get up and go to work with them and what are the thoughts going to be did you say something that have people now completely looking at you some a completely different way you know or make somebody judge um question your judgment or, or, or your way of doing things. You have to be mindful of that. Never get too comfortable. It's good to socialize. It's good to network, but you always have to remember that these are people that you work with and they're not friends.
1: Yeah, that is a great point. And thank you so much for all the information you're sharing with us because I would say, yes, do the socializing because it is part of networking, but I would also always, I would also add that keep the networking and the socializing almost like you were still in the work environment. Right. So anything you would not discuss if you were in the office, first of all, don't drink to the point where you don't know what you're saying anymore,
2: exactly. number exactly. one.
1: And even if you're in a different environment, you should be thinking, let me just keep the conversations I would normally have if we were in the office. So that exactly. way, you know, you're staring clear of anything that might come back to haunt you. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Like right now, like it is very rare for me to attend like an after work function. Very, very, unless it's like a formal, um, let's say like a sponsorship dinner or something like that. I, I you will, it is a rare event where you will find me to say some group of people are just hanging out to have drinks um, and I would do that. So it, but it's just my decision. That's a decision I made a long time ago because I know how these things escalate quickly out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't ever want to be in that position. But if it's a formal sponsored dinner or, you know, my boss is inviting us because he has a table that the company sponsored, like I'll do stuff like that. But casual hangouts, that's my decision. I will not. With the group we have from Dominica, we do things together. That's a different group for me because we're home. This is, it's a different group and we interact differently. Um, But even if we were all in a work setting, our interaction would be different because we know better. You, you just, it's just certain things that you make the decision not to do because you, you're well aware of how it can affect you way into your career. So, you, yeah, you,
1: so, so yeah. I think we're, we're both saying the same thing. And what yes. we're saying is, we personally choose not to do it. And I think part of it is because we're both introverts. So, we right. personally choose <laughs> not to do it. But it is a good thing to socialize and to network. But just be mindful that in the back of your mind, you're still thinking, well, this is a business opportunity. This is a business event. I'm not going to go spill every last detail about my life and my relationships because for me, even if it's outside of the office, it is still a business decision. So thank you for raising all those wonderful points with us, um, Kathy. And again, last time we are uh, joined today by Miss by Catherine <laughs> Gilbert-Lewis out of Long Island and she is a director at Con Edison in New York City. So as we get ready to wrap up, Kathy, do you have any advice for young girls looking to be in corporate America or even someone who is not so young but looking to become a part of corporate America? What advice would you give them?
2: So there's a lot of opportunity. I think the the first thing is to not limit yourself. Um, so not because, and I'm a prime, I'm a living example of it, right? So it's not because that you've studied one thing that you have to stay in that lane. Um, find ways to navigate through and prove yourself. And it's it's open. If you work in a company where you have these opportunities, take the opportunity. There's always someone willing to give you a chance. Um, and then work hard. Like I, I can't stress that enough. I think providing results presenting results and, and and making sure that your accomplished goals it's it's key I, I think when people's your work will speak for itself mm-hmm. and then all the other things will be icing on the cake but you know you we, we talk about networking all the time um, huge obviously. Um, but just not limiting yourself, and make sure that you make use of your resources. The people who've done it before you, lean on people, right? They talk about the lean in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, lean on people to do to to do that, and ask questions. And people are more than willing to help. I think people sometimes disregard that and, and assume that people may not be able. I think more so than I've ever seen, people are always willing to help, always answer a question, and help you navigate or think of things differently, or. Um, help you through, even though it's to do a resume or answering a question or, or, or putting yourself in a position to appear, you know, that you've met qualifications for a job. People, people are willing to do that. So it's putting yourself out there, asking for help if you need it and not limiting yourself.
1: Yeah, I certainly agree about putting yourself out there. So I know that uh, your son is uh, off to college and you're about to have more time on your hands. So what is next for you? you what is next
2: for you well so yes he will be gone soon and i don't know i haven't i honestly haven't thought that far and i don't know what i'll do without him here he he talks about wanting to go away so we'll see um but i mean certainly you know in terms of career i i i mean the way that we're set up in coned there's a lot of there's a lot more room for improvement and certainly um i would like you know to to do that one day um I think, in terms of family-wise, I will. I look forward to supporting my son through his college process and being part of that. Um, hopefully, I'm in another role that gives me more time to experience that. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to what the future holds for me. Um, I know that I. I think I'm um, in terms of my job. I've done a lot in this current role where I'm comfortable enough to say that hey, I'm looking forward to the next challenge. So, I mean, and more volunteer stuff. So I do a lot of volunteer work. Mm-hmm, um, I look forward to continuing that, um, which I completely enjoy. So you know, these these uh, three things that I mentioned, um, look forward to them. But you know, certainly, I'm open. I'm open to whatever the universe has for me, um, but I, I intend to do my part to make sure that I kind of propel myself and keep moving up, moving forward. Yes, and you sound
1: wonderfully fulfilled, so I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I happy am, to hear that.
2: I am. I, I do. I have to say I, I am. Um, it's, it's been a long road, and like I said, not without the challenges, but I, I am. It's, it's been good. I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. um i've had a lot of help along the way so it's not all just on me um and i am very appreciative of it and to the point where i can talk to you guys about it right so who would have thought i would have never ever imagined so thankful for that as well thank you i i always say like what do i have to offer in terms of that but
1: (laughs) thank you you so you've offered us you've offered us a lot (laughs) and we look forward to keeping in touch with you and learning even more from you so thank you for being an untapped potential today Thank you.
3: Thank you. All right, have a good one. There was a time, there was a season.
1: Yes, yeah, so a special thank you to Miss Catherine Filbert Lewis for being our guest today, right here on Antaft's potential. We learned so much from her experience in terms of navigating through the corporate environment as we ascend the various leadership roles in the organization. So again, thank you, Kathy. And I look forward to collaborating with you on various work related topics. So I think we can expect to see some more of uh, Kathy Filbert on the program as well as many of our other guests who have graced this program over the last few months. So it's again, it's about making the connections and continuing to learn from the guests who come to our program. So we do celebrate as we continue to observe International Women's Day right here on Untapped Potential. So just remember to celebrate the women in your own lives who have been inspirational and who have helped you along the way. And for me, three particular women come to mind as we observe International Women's Day and the contributions of women to our society. And for me, the first person who comes to mind, of course, is my mom, who raised me and my brother and five other siblings while having to keep us protected and keep our lives structured because we lived in a home with an alcoholic father. So again, we say thank you to the women who have impacted our lives and who have helped us to grow and develop to become the people we are today. And then the second person who comes to mind is my godmother, like we say in Dominica, my nenan, <laughs> Mrs. Frances Ann Satney out there in St. Kitts. And she is a phenomenal woman. She is the person who taught me what it means to be a professional woman. So I fondly remember our conversations when I was a mere teenager sitting on her front porch in Rosa Dominica as we would talk everything under the sun from boyfriends to going away to study to how to be a professional woman in the workplace. So again, thank you, Mrs. Francis and certainly out there in St. Kitts for being an inspirational woman in my life and also for being a very important contributor to my ability to leave Dominica and to migrate to the U.S. where I was able to pursue you my studies further. Finally, and last but certainly not least, I want to thank Mrs. Irma Marie senhouse Rooksler out in the UK. And if not for Irma, let's just say that my family in Dominica would have never known my family in Antigua. So the Senhouse family out of Dominica would have never met the Senhouse family out of Antigua. And Irma was instrumental when I was about, I'm going to say, maybe 10 years old in ensuring that we met our family in Antigua. And not only did she ensure that we met, but she also provided me with the opportunity after I left school in Dominica to be able to migrate to Antigua and to become a flight attendant with Liat the Caribbean Airlines. So Irma, a very special thank you to you. I know that all the people that I've mentioned are huge supporters of this program and they listen each and every week as they continue to support me. So this is what we're about. We're about supporting each other and as I posted on Facebook this morning that we celebrate International Women's Day by ensuring that, ensuring that we fix the crowns of the women in our lives and never letting the world know that their crowns were crooked, right? So it is about uplifting each other as women rather than trying to compete and rather than trying to continue to tear down each other. So thank you for being a part of the celebration of International Women's Day right here on TDN Radio and Untapped Potential. And now I want you to take a minute and pause and think about the women in your life, whether at home, within your community, or even on the job the women who serve as an inspiration to you and continue to help you to grow and to develop in your various roles in your life and in your community. So thank you for being here and again the song that you were listening to right after Catherine's interview was by Tasha P and it was entitled Woman's Time and I will be sure to play it before the end of the program this evening. But I just wanted to ensure that we take a moment to celebrate International Women's Day and to celebrate all the accomplishments of women around the world and of course you know we continue our program at right here on tdn radio so you can expect to join us again next week same time same place 5 30 eastern time right here on tdn radio where we will continue to bring you inspiring guests and speaking of antigua and irma our next guest will be miss dr excuse me, Dr. Jamila Fabian, and she will be joining us out of Antigua. So she's an optometrist, and we can expect to hear all about her challenges of going all the way to Cuba to complete her story. So very inspirational as we continue to bring the stories of everyone who has impacted us in one way or the other. And staying in Antigua, we have a big interview coming up for you with Captain Arthur Senhouse. Yes, he's my cousin. (laughs) So uh, Captain Arthur Senhouse will be joining us. He is the Director of Flight Operations from Aliyat, And you can expect to hear from him on April 6th. So he will be joining us on April 6th as he tells us about his own personal experiences, his own personal trials and tribulations, and his success. Again, his ability to climb the corporate ladder and to become successful as the Director of Flight Operations at LIAT. So let's enjoy this number again. We're taking it from the top miss tashapi woman time as we get ready to wind down the program so enjoy this number so-
3: It's woman time. Dummers and Californians. Doctors and electricians. Carpenters and mechanics. Farmers and pharmacists. No more in the kitchen. No more. No. In the bedroom waiting. No more. Laying to see while he livry. No more. Waiting for the phone to ring. No more. Right now it's woman time. Because we got we own SUV Exception is no more All you husband is true No more Right now it's woman time It's me Womankind time, Judges and magistrates Pilots and managers All the time. Oh, time to wear the crown Womankind Better for the same side Don't send me your name No more Wept up from us by the list No more We ain't got no time to win No, no more. more So Mr. Put yourself straight No more
1: Quick footnote. That version of Woman Time that you just enjoy from Tashapi was actually recorded by yours truly, me. And if anyone recalls back in around 2008, 2000, up to 2011, I was on a different mission, very similar to what I'm doing right now with regards to celebrating who we are as Dominicans, Caribbean people, immigrants. So back then, I had Kai videos where I would go around and film various Dominica festivals, carnival, Creole festival, and just broadcast it via Kai video. So just a little tidbit on uh, some of my additional forays into celebrating Dominica and Caribbean people. So I'm always looking for an opportunity to celebrate who we are as Caribbean people. So again, thank you for being here on Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. The pleasure is always mine to be here with you each and every Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern Time right here on TDN Radio. And of course, if you're looking for more information on exactly what I do here with this program, you can visit my website at pushpast10.com, so that is U S H. P-A-S-T, the number 10.com for more information and a video interview of me and Kathy while we were doing the interview for this program. And don't forget that there is a special dollar competition going on. So if you're a poet or if you know anyone who is a poet in Dominica and they're looking to earn some cash prizes, you can visit da-writers.com for more information. So again, that website for the poetry competition is d as in dog a as in apple dash writers.com for more information and again we thank our sponsor for the sponsorship of this program by DominicaOnline.com as we continue to promote the work of our Dominican businesses and our Dominican people. So you can expect a whole lot more on Facebook Live as we continue to promote our Dominican business, our Caribbean businesses. And as a matter of fact, last week we had Mrs. Joan, Mrs. Joan Underwood out of Barbados. We had a fantastic Facebook Live promoting her book uh, via Facebook. So please take a look at her video on my website, pushpast10.com, if you are not on Facebook. So again, it was my pleasure being here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. And don't forget that your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential each and every day. Remember to stay strong, stay active, and stay engaged. Stay engaged until we meet again next Tuesday, same time, same place, right? here on TBN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. You take care.